Hello, everyone. Welcome to Underrated Live. Woo! This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank you, everyone, for coming. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the movie. I certainly did. Um, for anyone listening at home, uh, the film we just watched was 1984's Runaway, a uh, techno-thriller written and directed by Michael Crichton. Uh, we are the Undercast Company. My name is Derek McDuff, and I'm joined, as always, by Ariel Ortiz. Hi. Hey, everybody. Hello. Alan Torres. Everybody, how's it going? And we uh, are joined for, by a special guest today, Mr. Logan Crow, the owner and proprietor of the Frida Cinema, where we had our great live show. Uh, Logan shows the film. Say hi, everybody, Logan. Hello, everybody. Hello. Yeah. How'd everybody like the movie? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, but yeah, this is, you know, as I said, written and directed Michael Crichton, starring Tom Selleck, um, Christy Alley. Uh, of course, uh, Gene Simmons from Kiss as the main antagonist. Um, but let's let's get right into it, uh, Logan. Since you were the one who chose the movie, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about why you love it so much, and you know why you brought it to all of our attention? Absolutely. Uh, when you guys reached out, I mean, there's a million different ways I could go trying to think of a movie that I thought is underrated and underappreciated. And you know, a lot of the movies that I love that are that I consider to be underrated or underappreciated have become cult classics. So, um, you know, they have a following. Even something like The Fall has a, you know, its own sort of cult oh, following. But I feel like The Fall, the fall is fantastic, it's right? It's the best. I, I definitely want to put that on our... I have it on our list. It's but, a masterpiece. Um, but, you know, but it's, but, but, you know, as much as you can't find it and it's kind of, like, vague, people do know it. They talk about it. But I feel like no one talks about Runaway. Mm-hmm. I don't see it on sci-fi lists, you know, and... and as much as I recognize that there is just 80s happening all over this movie. Yeah, oh, my gosh, yeah. The absolute best parts of it, to be honest. I, I yeah. Loved it. Absolutely. There's just so much imagination going on in this movie, and, and it's, you know, and it's, I think it's paced really well, and it just moves at a clip, and uh, I think it's just a blast. I think it's a blast of a film. I have always been a huge fan of this movie, so it was my immediate pick for this. Yeah, I think it's like, what did people in 1984 think the world would be like in 1986? Correct. I mean, it's the same year the Terminator <laughs> came out. So, I mean, you yeah, got two you filmmakers go. with very sort of like not very pleasant views of where technology was headed. Yeah, Michael Crichton, not liking technology. Who would have thunk? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, for, it w- the one thing that I could like say the word that sums up this whole thing and I was like right at the end I was like riveting like just yeah. it's just so like it, insane and out there and like um I I ended up liking it you know for better or worse of whether it meant to or not it's such an enjoyable movie and of course as Tom Selleck is in all of his movies he's just Tom Selleck he is the mustachioed <laughs> Magnum PI, just yeah. out there, you know, just out there, you know, to either solve a crime or take care of a kid. You know, you got you got three men, a rubber woman's nose, yeah, or, yeah. yeah, three men and a um, and a little lady or uh, baby mixed in there, and then you have like, you know, like Tom Selleck Ma- Magnum PI, like I said, and I was just like, this is just Tom Selleck, and I think that's just how Tom Selleck is just always going to be. He's just going to be Tom Selleck playing in everything and and it was just so enjoyable i think gene simmons is one of the most like 
he could use his face. Like, yeah, everybody knows he could use you could, he could use his tongue very like you know, um, impressively. But man, does that man like every different? He had to be like doing a hundred different faces, and like every time his eyes like blinked qui- like creepily, I was like. I had, he, yeah, he's a good bad guy, <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. This is your first time seeing it, right? Yeah, That's yeah. so rad. That's so cool. Yeah. No, I, did anybody notice that? I feel like um, Gene Simmons just watched Scanners. I don't know if Scanners came out before this. I think. And he just saw Michael Ironside. <laughs> and he's like, I want to do that. I'm yeah. going to do that. And my friend's like, go for it, dude. Yeah. I, I'm like, I don't think Gene Simmons is a great actor in this, but he has such a presence. Like, it's the same yeah. stage presence as he has because he's so theatrical in Kiss that he's just kind of like, he gives you this, like, stare that, like, looks right into, like, through the screen into your throat, so through the back of Tom Selleck's head into you. <laughs> like, it's so unnerving, and you're like, wow. Like, he, he couldn't give, like, you know, he couldn't play, like, Iago or something in Othello, but, like, this, like, he is, it's, like, almost like the shark in Jaws, just, like, <laughs> terrified, just these dead, creepy eyes just, like, coming for you. No matter what you do, he will come for you, and he will send his horrible little robots, and I, I watched it before to kind of, like, prep for this, um, but it was, a, it was right when we first started talking, it was a couple months ago, and I forgot a lot of how just unnerving he is, and that last little jump scare he does was the most <laughs> 80s thing I've ever seen, where it's yeah. just like, ha! Yeah. And he's just like, yeah. just oh. I was like, are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? They did it. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, literally, it's literally the end of Scream, where they're just like, the killer or the bad guy's going to scare the audience for one last time, and I was like, come on, dude, do it. And then he did, I was like, yes. Like, I, me and my girlfriend just, like, jumped out of our seat. <laughs> Even though we knew it was going to happen, we're just like, oh, yes, it's perfect. But uh, real quick, did anybody else hope that, like, when he gave the suitcase to the guy, like, there was no money in it? Like, yeah. I was just hoping there was just going to be a bunch of, like, Kiss memorabilia. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, Gene Simmons is so, like, pushy about it. He's like, you want to, would you like a Kiss coffin? When you <laughs> I thought, no, I thought it was going to be the, the spider, because, like, it just, like, opens it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I was expecting that, too. And then it too. comes, no, better, better. It comes out from a used towel and then jumps at him. Yeah. It's funny, because, like, I was reading up a little bit on this movie, and apparently Gene Simmons, like, a bunch of people were trying to get him in other movies. Like, they were like, oh, be in this movie. And they were all music movies. And he kept being like, no, no, I don't want to just be, like, Gene Simmons from Kiss in a movie. I want to just, like, have an actual part. And they, like, Michael Crichton really, really figured it out for, like, him in this movie. Like, he was like, yeah, like, you, you've got that stage presence. We'll put you in this. And I'm so glad that he waited and wasn't just, like, you know, in, you know, like whatever random musical movie. Like, he actually went out and did something that was just kind of out of his normal wheelhouse. But when you stop and think about it, you're like, yeah, that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was just so many, like, impressive moments that I wasn't expecting. Like, like how fast the dad was running away from the bullet and then the bullet time too the first showing of like this like you know like um you know self-tracing bullet and the technology was actually very impressive like just like out there and i know that they predicted drones yeah they predicted they predicted a lot (laughs) there's a lot in this movie that i'm calling you on a mobile phone what there's but like a whole list. If you go like IMDb trivia, there's like this whole list of things that are in this movie that did not exist at the time. Yeah, uh-huh. that's just really, really incredible. Everything from the video doorknob cameras to the to cops having semi-automatic weapons because back then they had revolvers to uh, internet at some level, uh, social media, 
Uh, there's, a, there's another big one that, oh, the little TV that Bobby's watching under the bed. Mm. We, they didn't have small TVs yeah, back then. Yeah. So all this stuff that was pretty amazing that, the, that this movie is so prescient. <laughs> you know, it should be respected. <laughs> yeah, seriously, it's, it's amazing. Well, I was reading this book, um, uh, I think it's called, it was uh, this book by John Truby, and he was talking about like different storytellers and stuff, and one of the ones he mentions is Crichton, and he's like, Crichton, he's not at the best at coming up with like, compelling characters or like, you know, crazy original storylines, but the guy has all these insane concepts. Like, he just think of stuff, and like what you just said, Bruce, like, well, he predicted all this technology that would be coming out in the next, you know, or like 35 years later or whatever it is, you know, close to 40 years later, and he really did have all these ideas for things that would become a part of our everyday life. And he's got explanations that I love. He's good with world building. Like, when you watch Jurassic Park, you know, and you're watching the whole Mr. DNA video, and they're talking about, you know, an amber, and they, right, you're kind of watching and being like, oh, really? I guess, yeah, I guess if the mosquitoes are trapped in amber, you could probably get their DNA out and fuse it up. And like, you know, Westworld, you know, all of these ideas that he had, you know, he doesn't just throw out the sci-fi world. He always puts in layers of explanation of, of how that world exists. And one of the things I love about Runaway is that it's all, Runaway is told so matter-of-factly. Yeah. This is what they do, and they're robot, you know, um, people, and they look at robot crimes, and the terminology that's used, all this feature talk is just said breathlessly, just like you would today, about anything that exists. Uh, and I always thought it really helped sort of create a believable world uh, in which a lot of, like, you know, insane things happen. Yeah. yeah. I give this movie a lot of credit. Oh, <laughs> I no, really no, no. do. I've never yeah. heard about it, actually, yeah. before you mentioned yeah. it. And then, because when we first were emailing, you were like, oh, run away. We should do that. And you were like, have you, have you seen it? And I was like, no. <laughs> but I'm, but yeah, I'm really glad we did. It just doesn't come up. It doesn't. It yeah, no. It only talks about runaway. It's a perfect pick for this podcast, yeah. honestly. Yeah, it just drops you in the deep end. And, like, you, it, it randomly um a recent movie that had just did that and i kind of get the got the same sense is dune because it just like drops you in doesn't give you any explanation but then you like catch up and catch up like okay this is how the world is this is how it is and stuff like that and um yeah it was very much like uh like it, it was an interesting take on on um on robots and stuff like that it kind of had like a feel of irobot with especially with his job and like going after robots and stuff like that 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 um you know go haywire but then also yeah like has this sense of like um family and then uh, then then you have like a a kind of true crime with and an s and um conspiracy or and you know essentially cyber conspiracy and all this stuff and and then you know the militarization of technology and it, 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 it like very much branches out very well <laughs> it was random to have run away and dune talked about in the same sentence means my work is done but no it does it has everything i mean if you're a jetsons fan that's as close to like a cinematic rosie is wherever it is yeah, <laughs> yeah. in lois you know yeah, what i mean yeah. like every kid dreamed of like having rosie the robot at their house making them breakfast and like, now we just have siri and, like, and now we have siri right that's true yeah I absolutely love that Michael Crichton has like a, a kind of style to everything. Where like if you notice with Westworld, it's like animatronics gone wrong, and then Jurassic Park is like dinosaurs gone wrong, theme park gone wrong, and then this is like Roomba's gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you have to have it. You have to have it. But uh, I really like that. Like I was kind of just shocked at how like ahead of its time, like you know we just said, but like it really predicted a lot of technology, especially with like you know the killer Roombas. I mean we don't have that yet, but I mean it's pretty it's pretty fascinating how like 
just it's so, I don't know it just blew me away like I, I'm I'm honestly very shocked too like you said that like you know because I, I like 80s movies I like especially like super cheesy 80s movies like this and I was just like dude how have I not heard of this but I, I thank you so much for introducing me to this because now I just want to like watch it at like parties all the time like I just want to have like a, a Michael Crichton night of just like Jurassic Park and run away. <laughs> Well, those spiders. I mean, to me, those spiders oh, yeah. should be iconic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, should yeah. be iconic. I mean, they're so rad. I heard people in the audience, you know, as much as it was like laughter with the cheesy, because there was some cheese in this movie, absolutely. But there were gas people. I could hear you guys reacting to like when the spiders are coming up on the elevator, when it jumps up, when it hits them in the hand. I mean, they're they're creepy, authentically creepy creatures, inventions in this movie. Yeah, it it is a techno thriller. Like, you are legitimately, like, kind of like, oh, my gosh, this thing's going to, like, stick a needle in you and shoot acid into your face and it, yeah. then blow up and you light you on. It's just, like, very, just, like, edge of your seat. And Crichton is, like, very good at that kind of suspense, you know, especially in a movie like this when he doesn't have, like, the kind of Spielberg magic over it, like Jurassic Park, you know? Right. Like, this is just pure Crichton-like Things are coming to get you. Don't trust technology. Like, and it's really fun. It's I think eighty schlock in the best possible way. In the same way that RoboCop is, which is another kind of movie that I, I love a lot. That I think is pretty similar to this movie. That has you know obviously been recognized over the years for being what it is. Whereas I think this movie kind of you know as we've said is kind of just fallen by the wayside for whatever reason. Um, and it's kind of been forgotten, but it's it's the same vibes. It's the same, just kind of like cheesy 80s, just like the technology is coming to get you. Here's a cop who's going to like try and stop them. Um, so yeah, I I think this definitely deserves to go in that kind of like 80s kind of like cheese, but knows what it's doing canon. Yeah, yeah. So I don't well. know how like self-aware it was, but it did definitely like, it was deep 80s, like, you know, like with the, Especially with, with his partner's character, you know, like the it, it was very much like um, I don't remember any, but from from RoboCop's, you know, his partner in that one, you know, the, all the women wearing skirts, you know, that kind of like uh, borderline sexist, but okay. <laughs> no. But the it was just so like with her character, I was like, this is your first day, you need to know all this stuff about your partner. Like he does not need to be, you know, like you're, like you guys don't need to be together. This is your third date, kind of thing. But it was just so, like I know you kind of have to suspend dis, you know, belief in these '80s movies for that reason. But you know, you also find like a, you know, uh, uh, like it adds to the the feel of it and and stuff like that, which I I enjoyed. But you know. Yeah, every once in a while, it's interesting to revisit a movie that you love a lot from the 80s and see those little things that are like, oh, gosh, yeah, that's better left. Back. <laughs> yeah. And Ooh. I haven't seen this one in a while. And no, absolutely. I mean, you know, from the Kirstie Alley, you know, the first thing he says, well, she's really attractive. <laughs> to whom? I mean, he's just saying that out loud. And then, you know, ending on like, you know, what, a three-and-a-half-minute kiss yeah, with sparklers like, going on. All, all he's got acid on his face. His <laughs> face has been burned like, off yeah, by I'd forgotten about this stuff. Right yeah, <laughs> I was like, he has acid on his face and stuff. I'm like, the man needs to go to a doctor. And also a long shot was, was the elevator right up. I'm like, I'm like, it, it, but it played good because it gave into that. And also another movie that this kind of like, homaged in a way was you know hitchcock's vertigo too and stuff like that and that whole thing but yeah so like even in that scene like while it was long like like kind of waiting for it to end i was like well it does play into like the vertigo-ness of it too so yeah i know (laughs) a lot that's what i'm saying it's like five movies in one 
And it does, like, if some some movies, it does predate, or I don't know if, like, I, Robot, the book was written before this, but it, like, definitely predates that movie. You know, it, I guess it's kind of, like, inspiration a little bit from Vertigo and that story, but, mm. but yeah. Was this an original story from Crichton? Yeah. What, okay. Yeah, so it I wasn't mean, previously written before. No, it was 84, and, 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 you know, it came out, like, you know, my dad and I used to take me to a lot of movies, and so... Terminator and Runaway, I, I kind of pair them in my head because they both came out right around the same time in 84. And um, and yeah, to me this was, you know, when you're when you're, when you're little, you, you like what you like and it affects you and you don't know, you know, this is bad or this is a, a campy film, whatever, you learn that later. And, you know, this was a masterpiece to me as a kid. Um, but, but it just, it just, one amazing set piece at the other. We haven't talked about the car chase, you know, little tiny shuttle cars chasing after police. There's all this stuff just happening. The neon sushi guys, it's one thing after another where it's like, it just, there's so much, in, like I said, inventiveness and moments and set pieces throughout this entire film that um, that's, I think is, is remarkable. Yeah, it does not, like you said, the Spielberg, he doesn't try to gloss over, turn it into some kind of two hour and 10 minute film that could have easily been 80 minutes long or, or focus on the future elements or future lines with a sense of wonder so we can go like, wow, the future. It's so presented matter-of-factly, but at the same time, just one amazing idea after another. So no, I, I fully agree. I think for me, my movie like that, that I'm very afraid to go back to from my childhood in the 90s is Billy Zane, the Phantom movie. Like, oh I, I, I loved, loved that, that movie. movie. Yeah, growing up. Yeah, and I have not been back to it in 20-something years, and I'm just like, I think so that's, I think my runaway, I don't know if it's going to hold up as well as runaway will, but I just I just remember, like, the three skulls, and just, oh, my gosh. That, that Has there been a movie? I'm curious now. Like, are there movies where... You love it, and you haven't seen it in a while, and you go back and watch it, and you're like, oh, my God, this is horrible. Well, but you we loved it back then. Well, we kind of touched on one from my childhood on, on our podcast, and I, I had mentioned this earlier for you, um, but Monkey Bone yeah. was one of mine um, from my childhood that randomly – but for me, I do still credit that it, it worked still. There are some, like, randomnessness, but, but you know, it, it still works for me, and, and, and I was glad for that. So, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I think for me the one that I kind of went back and rewatched. I, I saw it as a kid, but it scared the crap out of me. Was uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space? But then I saw it when I was older, and then I was like, "Oh, this is fucking amazing! This is even better than I thought." So <laughs> you scared me for a second. Like, I'm like, "What you did?" <laughs> 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 yeah, that's yeah. that's well, what I, I was worried about because, like, because <laughs> one of my buddies he was like, "You ever seen this Killer Clowns movie?" Like it was a couple like ten years ago. And I was like, oh, yeah, I saw it, but, like, it scared the crap out of me as a kid. Like, because I had, like, really bad claustrophobia, and I, like, I love clowns. But, um, yeah, like, we went back and watched it, and, like, I just had an absolute blast. Like, I was worried, too, because I was like, I remember the effects are kind of cheesy, and, like, I don't know. And then I, as soon as, like, a clown knocks some guy's block off, I was like, oh, no, never mind. This is, this is class. This is good. Good. No, I think, uh, so a couple months ago, I was actually on a podcast where that was kind of the premise, like you go back and rewatch something from your childhood, and you're like, does this hold up? And I chose Pokemon, the first movie, and I was like, objectively, this is not a good movie, but I loved it. Like, I was like, I, I was having so much fun watching it, and I was like, yes, Mew, like how we, how we are born doesn't matter, it's what we do with our lives, this is inspirational. 
I think it would still make me cry. <laughs> it will still make me cry, probably. Like, just the going back to my, my five-year, six-year-old self and just, like, remembering, yeah, Ash is stoned. <laughs> like, I mean, I bawled. <laughs> Well, there's, there's still that, like, that Minnesota Vikings joke. Did you yeah, see that? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Mostly they're in Minnesota. <laughs> and, like, Jesse James, you guys keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, like, when I, even as a kid, I think I saw it with, uh, I, I don't know if he's still here, but my cousin Fred used to be one of our, our uh, co-hosts as well. But we went to go see it together in theaters, and I still remember that part where he's just like, they're like, oh, there's Vikings here? And then Ash is like, oh, yeah, they're mostly in Minnesota. I was like, go fuck yourself. I was like, dare you say that? <laughs> like, even as a kid, I was so upset, but... I have yet to see any Pokemon movies. I gotta catch up on those. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got about 20 years of Pokemon movies. I, I have a lot to catch up on. <laughs> Just, Just watch the games. Stick yeah. to the games. The games are good. Yeah, no, but like back to Runaway, like this this was like. Like we said, it's it's really a thriller. Like it really is just like a techno thriller in a way that like few other movies I feel like are. You mentioned that like great car chase that they're doing, where it, you know it, it does feel like very unique where they are running through. But like you see all the little shots where it's like the camera and it's like sped up and it's just kind of like the like you know going through the streets and stuff like that. And you're like, wow, this is this is like unique and impressive and just like I don't know, like it just it felt so it felt really of its time. Yet at the same time, you're like, yeah, you can watch this, you know, in 2021, and it's still so enjoyable. Yeah, the one that's funny, speaking of the movie cameras, the one scene that I still, even back then, I used to crack me up, and and still does, and it was great hearing y'all laugh as well. Is it's the shot of the bullet chasing um, Chris Mulkey and Tom Selleck through the. Yeah. And yeah, Tom Selleck exactly. turning around uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so well yeah. as he's running away from it. It just kills me. It looks so goofy. Because like, it's kind of fisheye lens, though, like a little yeah. bit. And, you're, and it's just like, and oh you're my seeing gosh. how fast the bullet's flying, but then it's chasing a running man who's, <laughs> who's running, you know, not fast enough that he can't turn around and check for the bullet. Yeah. So it's apparently so, like, it's hard not to visualize the bullet slowing down for him, <laughs> you know, so you can get around him and hit Chris Volkey. But yeah, that. That always kills me. That, that, that still just cracks me up. It just looks so goofy. And then it's so goofy and great when it ends because it like doesn't just like hit this guy in the back and oh he's dead. It like explodes in his back and he like he's like halfway up a like you know fire escape and he just like tumbles off backwards and Tom Selleck is like oh I guess he's dead. No, and Giant the hole in his back. Yeah, checks his pulse yeah. post- real fast. I think he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he's dead, Jim. Gapping hole in the back, and yeah, like when that happened, I was like, I feel so bad for him. Like it's just, and then the way he lands too, it's like very like, uh, <laughs> like it's just like. Oh my god! Not even like it's just like a couple seconds sooner. Like there's a part where like he runs into like all these uh, like boxes or something. He like threw himself. Oh yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, you chill. Like, did, what did Michael Crichton make you do? <laughs> Like, you just scared me. It's like, I need you to crash into those boxes as hard as you can. No, it's Tom Sully kind of, like, barely, like, moving him aside, and he just full on, <laughs> full ham, like, goes into oh, yeah, the... Yeah, he like, kind of like a soccer player, yeah, like, just yeah. like... Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. It was great. I was like, thank God there was that, like, mattress there that he could just, like, know, yeah. kind, like not really softly <laughs> land on, but at least it wasn't, like, pure, like, asphalt street. Like, Yeah, you gotta give it to all of the... All the actors in this movie, they gave 110%. Like, it was insane how how much, yeah, they put into this movie. Like, like um, 
and and into these characters that you know some stood on the screen for a little bit some some didn't like yeah like a standout for that is that is that dad like you know like and him freaking out was like one of the best like <laughs> over actings ever i've ever seen of just like what did he do what did he do and then he runs away and they were like wait no <laughs> or like the eight the chief he's so 80s chief he's like Listen here, all right? You've been, you've been fucking this up, this operation up since the beginning. You're off the kicks. Get out of here. You've got to go in there and pull the thing out of it. I just loved it. It was just so, just like every chief in the end. But he was also like a whole foot shorter than Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just like shouting up at him. He's just like, <laughs> so good. And then the news reporter, too. Like, oh, my that gosh. One. And like gets her cameraman killed. But And then Tom Selleck walks over him. We know it. They don't show it, but we he had to step over this man and then then like the news reporter is just like next day oh i have another camera person (laughs) oh no but what about that like hero shot like he just steps over the dead cameraman and he's like i saved the kid and everyone's (laughs) like oh my god he did it and i'm just like what about the camera guy and he's like i saved the kid All I could think of when he like suited up and like was like I'm going in was just like I just had Dumb and Dumber pop in my head. It's like what if he shot you in the face? <laughs> suited up in like I was like are are you going medieval? Because he wears like yeah. this electromagnetic thing, and I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. And just like it's just like it's so goofy, but it's so good. Like the robot, like the little robot drone thing that's wheeling on, like, and it's just got like a revolver. Yeah, just like, like an old West style <laughs> six shooter. Like. like this is what happens when you give robots opposable thumbs. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's literally but that it's meme amazing. of the Roomba with like a knife taped yeah. to it. <laughs> yeah. Like it was just essentially that. And I was like, damn, Michael Pr- Crichton predicted that as well. Yeah. Like, I got the meme, guys, but he used the gun instead. Yeah. But you know, it's it, it, it's all amazing for the amazing effect that we that no one could expect. Yeah, and it's great to remember that there was a time uh, because I, it's it's when this movie came out, like it, you know, and, uh, watch it with friends, whatever, whatever. All this stuff was mind blowing back then. You know, like the robot's got a gun. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, it looks hilarious now. No, you know, it was mind blowing to to, was, ev- to yeah. me today. <laughs> you know, a lot of it, but like it's just it's funny to watch those movies back then and, and remember, you know, even stuff from like the nineties when I was older and I knew like I could discern what it you know that that didn't like I think of Cool World, you know, which is a horrible film, right? <laughs> but no, but back good. But back then, I mean, and not to say I don't like everyone's well throw it on because I love Cold World, but it's a horrible film. Yeah, if you think it's underrated, but uh, guys, but <laughs> but it was like cool, man. it was crazy yeah, back then. It's like oh my god, it's like Roger Rabbit for adults. It's cool. They're interacting with each other. La la la. It was you know, and, and then it. But you watch it now with a new lens and everything that's come since, and, and the way you know effects and the, the, the new style of acting and everything. And it really does date a movie like this, but it's still, like you said, so thrilling and so engaging. You know, for for having those silly little moments, it's still a blast to watch. You know, I'd be curious. I don't know. I, I, looking forward to talking because I know a lot. Most of you raised your hands that you hadn't seen this, but I am curious to know what everyone thought. But yeah, no, I, I love this movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, like you have been mentioned, you saw this when a kid, when you were a kid with your dad. So, why don't you tell us like a little bit about like your history with this movie? Yeah, you know, I had, my dad uh, was young, he got married young, and so he was still, you know, by all intents and purposes, a a young man loved movies when I was a kid, and so he would just take me to everything, and he wanted to see everything I wanted to see, and, you know, it was that very sort of Western thing where, 
you know, the movie could have someone getting ripped to shreds and have their, their face peeled off. But if there was nudity, that's, you know, oh no, when you're shielding my eyes, you know, that sort of thing. But everything else was fair game. So, um, so yeah, I remember seeing, like I said, Terminator, which just blew my mind. Um, that was a, a huge film for me. And Runaway uh, around the same time. And, you know, I just was a huge, huge fan when, when VHS came out. My sister, who's uh, towards the back, also one of our board members, hey, Dizel. Uh, this was one of our films. We would watch Runaway a lot. Uh, we just loved this movie. Um, we loved Gene Simmons. I love Gene Simmons in this movie. I love Gene Simmons in uh, Never Too Young to Die. I don't know if any of you have seen that. If you haven't, that's my next recommendation. It's <laughs> another, I mean, if, the, if you think this was 80s cheese bad, Never Too Young to Die, you got John Stamos and Vanity are the protagonists, and Gene Simmons playing this insane androgynous uh Anyway, never came to anyway, I love Gene Simmons in this movie, and and for all intents and purposes, it would have been great to see him play villains more often. You know, and, and I was reading that uh, on set, he would just stare, he would glare oh at his cast yeah, members and character, and made them all uncomfortable throughout the shoot. Um, and that one of the reasons Michael Crichton hired him is because of the glare that it chilled him to the bone. But um, you know, it was just one of my yeah. I had this like little list of movies that I just kept you know run away. Um, uh, uh, Dreamscape, Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown. Like there was this, this like repeated sort of like group of Arthur movies that I would just watch over and over and over again for whatever reason, you know. And Runaway was just one of them. I just really, really loved this movie. It was just something I could always throw on and and have in the background and just sort of like, you know, trip out on. It was just a a cool sci-fi movie that that appealed to me. I probably watched Runaway more than I watched Star Wars or. Until RoboCop came along. So we have that in common. <laughs> okay, I, I adore RoboCop. I, I, yeah, I defend I RoboCop. I think RoboCop. Like, yeah. yeah, so RoboCop then became, I think, in 86, 87? Uh, I think 87, I want to yeah. say. There was a, a theater Anybody in Torrance. 87, oh, yeah. thank you, thank you. The Lama Mall uh, that ran a double feature of The Lost Boys and Runaway that mm. I think I went to five times. Yeah, that's cool. That's <laughs> you know, cool. So, well, it's, but, yeah. it's really interesting because when you're a kid, you have these movies that you watch, and they're all the same to you. Like, you don't know that Runaway is not in the same kind of league as Terminator because they're just movies you watch right. as a kid. And, like, for me, like, I didn't know that, like, The Rocketeer and Indiana Jones weren't, like, on the same level, you know? Like, one was, a, like, a, they're both, I still bo love both of them to this day, but, you know, like, Indiana Jones is, like, one of the biggest franchises in film history, and The Rocketeer, like, is just kind of this, like, admirable, like, you know, kind of cult classic now, um, you know, that's finally getting a sequel after, you know, however many years. Um, but you, you don't really put that together as a kid because you don't know, like, other than maybe your friends might talk about one movie, but you don't know like what critics think or what a box like box office is. You just know that this is a movie that you love to watch, just like this other movie is a movie you love to watch. You know. I remember loving the score. Like I love the score in Runaway. You know, it was, yeah. I think it was Jerry Goldsmith's yeah, first yeah. synth score, and I just I you know that was something else. Like as I was watching the movie now, even though it's been years since I rewatched it, I was excited to rewatch it with the audience tonight. So I didn't study up, and you know I was anticipating every. Every because I just was like oh, I remember this entire score. Uh, it's just the things that stick to you, you know, when you're a kid and you love movies more than anything else. You know, and this is, you know, it, this is one of those movies where you know if you were to ask me, you know, why is Blue Velvet your favorite movie? I'm like, well, sit down. We'll spend three hours on it. I can't explain why I love Runaway so much. I can't. I just it's just That's so thrilling to me. Right. I mean, I could tell you all the little elements that I love about the movie. That's what we're talking about. But, like, why as a kid did I watch it over and over and over again? It just, 
appealed to me. It was just a movie that I really found uh, crazy entertaining and sort of like sparked my whimsy and imagination. And I loved the robot. I loved Lois. She's like was one of my favorite supporting characters in a film uh, as a kid. Uh, just the idea of Lois making hot dogs and all that stuff that she <laughs> yeah. would talk about. Bobby. Yeah, I just... I, I, I go was on like, no, Lois, save her. Save know, her. Right? She's, She's losing hydraulic fluid. <laughs> <laughs> She's yeah. losing hydraulic fluid. Oh, my God. Got to run over to the 7-Eleven and get some. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that... I wonder what they would have. It's like a 7-Eleven. Like, you know, we go now... You know, they have, like, oil or whatever. Like, everything that's necessary. I wonder, like, in that universe, or, like, well, I'm going to go get a couple, like, you know, some Hershey's and some, like, you know, oil for my robots and everything <laughs> real quick. You know, three shells. Yeah, it's like, instead of getting a phone charge, you just got to get, some like, a part for your robot. Like, this this is the world where I imagine, like, instead of them having, like, developing smartphones, they just develop robots instead. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, on that fact of, like, just the robots, just, they, they're, like, all the tense verses, <laughs> this was, like, in present time. So it's just, like, this is the present, but there's robots. So I really yeah. enjoyed that. And I really, I would be very interested in, like, yeah, kind of, like, I mean, it would be kind of harder in nowadays because we do actually have robots. But, but yeah, I guess, like, an iRobot is kind of like that. But even iRobot is, like, too, fu- it still has some futuristic to it, whereas like it would be cool just to see like practical robots in modern day kind of thing. Well, another thing I think about what about Crichton's approach is we've seen a lot of movies like The Terminator where like the robots become self sentient, or they, they they become self aware, they they decide to trigger a war, The Matrix, whatever it is. And with Crichton, whether it's Jurassic Park, Westworld, this movie, it's human interference mm-hmm. ends up being exactly, the thing yeah. that causes whatever the crisis is, which I really dig about sort of that through line with him, that it's never just that the machines go nuts or that, you know, the, the technology goes right. Dinosaurs have come back from a missile or something like that. It's humans mm-hmm. took technology and did something terribly wrong, whether it's for evil purposes or for selfish purposes, like Jurassic Park, huh? Kingdom of Dinosaurs, or Westworld, we're going to have a theme park, um, which is an interesting take, you know, again, looking at the Terminator, where it's similar ideas, you know, technology gone awry, but, you know, in that more traditional technology became self-aware and decided to just wreak havoc for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's like a really good point. Because I think uh, even, like, maybe Robocop is the only other one I can think of where it's like the people are the ones behind it. And it's not just like, oh, no, it's become self-aware, you know, like... Corporations. Yes. Ooh, yeah, yeah no, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, it's like you said, you know, like Jurassic Park. The bad guy isn't, you know, the T-Rex and the Velociraptors. The bad guy is Dennis Nedry. You know, he's the one who screws everything up, you know. Um, and corporations also in that, you know, too. Um, but, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a very – Crichton, I think, does a good job of being like, hey, technology is just another thing. Like, like how, you know, Tom Selleck has a speech. He's just like, people make robots, so robots break down. People aren't perfect, so robots aren't going to be perfect either. It's not like – we have to be afraid of technology necessarily, but we have to be afraid of its applications. And, like, you know, we're selling it. You know, we're packaging it and moving too fast. It's standing on the shoulders of the giants. Like, just Ian Malcolm just being a, basically a mouthpiece for uh, Michael Crichton. So, yeah. And uh, let me ask you a question, Logan. Um, what do you guys as well? I wanted to ask you guys, and even the audience as well. Like, when I was watching it, I was like, okay, yeah, it's cheesy and, you know, and all that, but... I'm not going to lie, I would love to see like a modern version of this because we have Westworld, which essentially 
was another Crichton movie, you know, theme park on Rome kind of thing. And I've only seen a little bit, like the first season or two of Westworld, but I can totally see this like world kind of nowadays being even more advanced. I can totally see like writers really go out of the way, even making like the runaway like um, department, like the whole. I, I thought that was so interesting that there was just a specific like department for for like runaway robots, just how like they're like you know uh, Vice and uh, Homicide and all that. So. If if they were if HBO came out and were like hey we're gonna do a runaway um, a runaway remake show movie what, what would you guys want to see in that or like Roombas <laughs> I think you had it because when you mentioned the Roombas jokingly I'm like oh my god if there was a modern version of Runaway I would love to have killer Roombas you know chasing down the freeway to kill people I also like too like going back to that like that 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 idea of like a runaway department in the police I love the little moments where you can tell that the chief found the runaway department sort of secondary or laughable. He'd roll his eyes a lot as they were working on robots. Like all these little touches to like show them like the politics of the thing. But no, I agree with you. I think I think that, you know, it would be interesting to see uh, this movie, you know, what in technology could a mad scientist who's, you know, working for, you know, like he's at one point he just is very matter of fact, like whoever has the most money, whether it be terrorists, whatever, it's just he's that's what he's about, how they can manipulate modern day technology, like social media, say, uh, for nefarious purposes. It, it would be interesting to see. Yeah. Maybe just turn on the TV and watch the news. Yeah, and then have more gangsters with MIT degrees. And, and, and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This guy with a Caltech? Yeah, Caltech. Who wants to nuke a bunch of I people? I mean, we haven't even talked about that. Bullets that seek the specific thermal reading of a specific human being. There's just so much going on in this movie. And it's just like one thing after another, just brought up matter of factly. But, but yeah, no, I could. I mean, and you know, with effects today too, like to see like bullet cam going around yeah. corners and stuff like that. And yeah, but I would really hope to keep it practical. Like this movie was very, very practical. Like even yeah. like the building of like when they busted open like the tracking um, bullet. Yeah. I was like very impressed with like how detailed it was and stuff like that. So like I would, and I, you know, I'm always a person that would love practical over over special effects in most cases. So like I would really love like yeah for if we, this was to be remade in any way, um, for that practicality to carry through too. Yeah. And I love the the, the choices like the bullet extraction scene. You know, I don't know if I, I bought anybody else, but every time I see that scene I can feel the nerve in my you know, especially when the yeah. bullet gets pulled out and it that just kinda pops dense. back in. Yeah. But they never show her arm. They never yes. show the bullet. Oh they never show the blood. Yeah, they they show her face and then the image on the thermal scan. And that's so effective because I think that, Absolutely. you know, given the what looked like not the biggest effects budget for this movie, mm. I think a close-up may have looked like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger taking out his Iron Terminator bad. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but they don't, and it's still painful. It's still, like, you know, it's still a palpable scene to watch, you know, with the choice of, like, the sweat and the just the grimacing and everything. Um, no, I agree. Like, there was a lot of really cool choices to keep things sort of um, still futuristic and still sort of fantastic, but but subdued at some level. Yeah, and I think that really, I, I wanted to bring up that scene, so thank you for mentioning it, because it yep. does amp up the tension so much. It's like, you know, when you don't see a monster in a monster movie, it's so much scarier. This is the same principle, but with, you know, just like the tension of like removing this thing, you don't have those like, if you're looking at her arm, I feel like it's just, you know, maybe a little grotesque and not as scary, but this just, you, you're on pins and needles like the whole time. 
think so. But to answer your question, Alan, like what I would really love to see if they were gonna make like an HBO Max like original series or something would be the Blade Runner twenty forty nine approach. I wouldn't want to see like oh we're just gonna like remake this in like you know based on modern times. I would like to see the future like come that like evolve from this. Like not like oh it's twenty twenty one now, but twenty twenty one based on this like nineteen eighty six or whatever. Like I would absolutely love to see that. Make it like you know, um, Runaway 2049. Like, I would love that. You got Bobby be the protagonist all grown up now. Yeah, Yeah, no, like, Tom Selleck is the chief, which is, like, he (laughs) has experience with being the chief. (laughs) So, from Blue Bloods and all that, yeah. Is he still married to Cynthia Rhodes? You think they got married? Is that what? Yeah. If it was your, was your divorce, no. oh no. no. Must, they got to reconcile by the end of the miniseries. <laughs> yeah, reconcile. I was going to say, I don't want to go too too far in the future because I love the aesthetic, like the 80s, like especially the car chase scene. I absolutely loved that drone, so I want it to be like the far out future of like Runaway 2000, <laughs> like Y2K Strike. Like, I'd rather see something like a little more old school, but that's just me because I love like 80s and old school stuff. But, yeah. um, no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, I think the Blade Runner 2049 approach would be a lot of fun. And, um, screw him, why not get, why not get Danny Bellamy in it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, you've done a little bit of cyberpunk. You ever heard of Runaway? <laughs> It does the same approach as your Dune. It just jumps right in. <laughs> it's really take a break. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad to see Christy Alley go, though, isn't it? Uh, That's a brutal scene, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They done Jackie Ron, I think. I, I love how just like she's just like so 80s sassy in this movie. She just like has no time for this misogynistic cop. She's like, I'm just here to have like big shoulders and smoke. <laughs> yes. uh, and then to get stabbed in like the brain. The, the, she got stabbed like right in the back of the head, yeah, right like right the head. and nobody yeah. at that restaurant noticed and he just plunks her in the water I'm like okay well I mean did you see the sushi out. machine <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean they probably were like oh she got stabbed but look at that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah right on well guys any any final thoughts before I think you had something Ariel oh oh yeah I do have um so us is under under cast company. Um, we're going on our third year in, in January, and this is a special um, occasion. So I thought I might give my co-hosts um, some gifts, you know, based on wow. our our first podcast ever. Oh, thank you. How many episodes have you guys done? This is going to be episode seventy-two. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, thank, thank you. you so much, guys. Just out of sheer curiosity, are there any films that are like the highlight episodes where you're like proud moments or like, oh, if you're gonna listen to three, listen to these. Just to, like, Thirteen Ghosts is a great I one. I was about to say <laughs> the Thirteen Ghosts episode. Please, I highly recommend it. I think we had an absolute blast on it. Um, I think Ariel Sergio was in it, right? Yeah, her brother was in it, and we were just like crying of laughter. We were having <laughs> such a ball of it, so I highly recommend that. If, if there's an episode I would recommend, it's 13 Ghosts. Yeah. 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 Um, so our first ever episode is one that I would recommend, and that's what this is based on, is uh, Speed Racers. I got some pops from you guys, because I'm a pops person. Oh my god, this is the coolest yeah. shit. Oh my god, look at this, guys. That like, is so rad. Everybody who knows me knows how much I love Speed Racer. I will never stop. I will, it still makes me sad that the Wachowskis never got to make their sequel. Like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Oh, um, my God. Which other one would I recommend? Uh, we've had some really good ones. Like, 
um, our our series, the uh, the big swings like that, kind of spun off of of our review of, of Speed Racer was really good. Um, I really had a lot of fun with our summer sequel series too. Um, I think Star Trek Beyond that Star was Trek a really Beyond good one. Too. Like I yeah. love that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we feel like it, it, I I love this show, us doing the show so much is because we get at least for me I get introduced to so many random movies like this one like um, Runaway here. And then I also get to introduce you guys to some, uh, and and it's just we always have a great time of just like, you know, acknowledging the good and the bad of a movie. But we never really put m- movies completely down. Like you know, we, we're always pretty much positive. We try to keep the positivity to it. But but yeah, yeah. I mean, w- we have fun in it. We have conversations like this. So if you ever want to hear more of this kind of conversation and. And banter, you know, please give us a follow and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's my big thing is, like, I I love movies, and every movie is, like, somebody's favorite movie out there. Like, I still have from the YouTuber, but, like, that's something that I always, like, <laughs> love to say because it's it's really true. And there's movies that I love that I'm, like, I, guess, I, get, I get why people don't like this, but it's really special to me. And people, film fans, have, like, these really special relationships to movies like you with Runaway and just, like, you know, these movies, like, I, I want, to, I don't want to put a movie down ever. Um, like, even if it's, like, something that I think is goofy or cheesy, I might, like, make fun of it a little bit, but, like, like people love movies, and you should, like, you should just go out and tell people, hey, this is an underrated film, like, go do that, and that's the whole point of this podcast, and, like, thank you everyone out there for, like, showing up tonight. It's, it's like, I thought it might just be my parents here tonight, <laughs> so, to, like, see you guys all in the theater, like, and to come out and watch this movie, and to, like, listen to us talk live, you know, for our first live show has been really special, so thank you so much, guys, everyone. Thank you guys so much, we really appreciate it, and I just want to do a quick shout out to... Uh, you know, my team here and Logan, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank, thank, you, thank you. This was a blast. It. Thank you so much. Uh, and I want to give a shout out to Derek and Ariel because they have been such troopers. They've been pushing hard with everything. You know, I, I they do a lot more than I do. You know, I'm just the host. I don't have as many resources as they do. But they constantly push it. You know, we're, they're always there. They're always pushing new ideas. You know, they both made new shows as well. Like, they're, you know, Derek had the Gateway episodes. And then Ariel has the... Um, You've never you've seen. Never seen. Yeah. Sorry, Suzanne. No. Um, <laughs> but like they're always pushing it, and I absolutely love that. And they also push me to be a better um, podcaster and be on it. So I just want to give them a shout out, especially since this is their first live show. At least I want there to be an audience for them to be like, hey, dude, I love you guys, and I appreciate everything you guys do. No, no, thank, thank you. you thank, thank you, man. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Uh, if when we get when. Because we do get into heated discussions, and Alan is always there to be the mediator. Yeah. So I really, in, uh, because we. we well, the two of us, we get a little heated sometimes, like, in a good way, but Alan's like. like but yeah, yeah, the, the psych major over here. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Only I went to MIT to make Roblox. <laughs> I messed up. But yeah, and, and Logan, thank you again. Before we close out, um, you know, you run this amazing theater. Like, I've had so many fun times coming to this theater. Um, I think a couple years ago, we all saw Drive here. Um, yeah. Oh my God, the first one of the first movies I saw here was Jurassic Park when I was like three. That's like my first film memory was seeing Jurassic Park. So like, holy crap, it all comes back around. <laughs> 
Yeah. And then you did like your Lord of the Rings marathon. I had a ton of fun with that. So like, yeah. um, thank you and for hosting us. It was it was really cool. Um, I don't know if you wanted to mention anything to the listeners or anybody about the just a, you know. First of all, there's so much love on this page. I love it. <laughs> oh, but thank you. no, just I'm I'm so grateful for this opportunity. And honestly, like I you know we program the theater from within. Uh, Trevor, Dylan, and myself. And, you know, we, we do put in a lot of movies that we know you love. You guys send recommendations. We really, really do keep a list of the recommendations that come in and then try to find ways to incorporate them into, you know, film series or just play them. Uh, but we also obviously play a lot of our favorite films, and I have yet to play Runaway here. And so this provided me the opportunity to finally bring Runaway to the Frida. Sure, I play you know, Blue Velvet twice a year, if you, or maybe <laughs> Drive twice a year. But, um, you know, uh, it was just a joy to finally finally bring this movie here. And honestly, all of you, so, so glad you all made it. Um, I'm just curious, if I, if I can close out with this. Uh, you mentioned, which I love, movies that that you know, you responded to that you really love, you know, that you should embrace and celebrate them and, you know, and share them just from the audience, you know, did that trigger any specific films for anyone? Does anyone have a film to shout out that they just absolutely love but feel like not enough people know or have seen or or that the movie's considered bad even though you just think it's remarkable? Anything? Just curious. Yes. My science project. Oh my god, that's a great one. Okay, I'll start writing these down. my science project is awesome. We're always yes. looking for suggestions. Yes. Oh, those are great. Ice pirates and caveman. Ice. That's a double feature right there. <laughs> Space herpes. <laughs> Sorry, it's a caveman thing. All right, uh, anyone else? Come on, yeah, Ringo Starr and Dennis Quaid as Caveman, Shelley Long. It's just a, has anyone seen Caveman? You've seen it. Anyone? Caveman is amazing. Carl Gottlieb directed it, wrote Jaws. It is fantastic and a great, memorable song number in it, too. Anyone else? Troll in Central Park. A Troll in Central I think Park. I've heard of that one, like, randomly. I gotta add that to the list. It's weird. You're the second. That's the second time someone's. Heard. I've never seen it, but my friend uh, Brian, who loves Secret of Nim, he's a Don Bluth fanatic, always talks about. Is it Tron. a Don Bluth film? It's not a Don Bluth oh, film, okay. but oh. but if it's, if it's in that same. Vein, we were talking. Yeah, well, yeah, we talked about Tom Bluth, and he just brought up Troll in Central Park. That it's something I got to watch. I mean, that's kind of right up my alley. Oddly unsettling, but very sweet. That's, that's yeah, okay, that, that works. That was Titan, if anyone saw. <laughs> Oddly unsettling, but very, very sweet. Um, anyone else? Yes, in the back. Jeff Bridges and Rosanna Arquette. A Million Ways to Die. Was it a Hal Ashby film? Wow, okay. Interesting. You know what I watched last night? Yeah. Which... And I actually wrote it on your on your board out there, <laughs> and it just blew me away. And I want to watch it again, like now. Is my dinner with Andre? Oh, oh my I god, that's been that on my one. list yeah. forever. I don't know why it took me this long, and I totally thought I knew exactly what I'd be getting into, but no. Uh, if anyone hasn't seen my dinner with Andre, uh, don't watch it if you're going through like a really deep existential crisis. Oh, well, never mind. Which, yeah, but what a film! I, uh, just incredible, incredible movie. Yeah, uh, the back row. Berserker. Okay, right on. That's the couch movie. Not the not the newer Berserker with two guys on the couch. 
No, okay, no, I haven't heard of you. You're, you're, you're not talking about that song that that one guy sings. My love for right? you is <laughs> like a clock <laughs> berserker. Would you like some making <laughs> fuck berserker? All right, sorry. Uh, yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> Alphabet City. Alphabet City. Is that? What's that? Vincent Spano? Never heard. Okay, right on. I sh okay, I have to. I have to. Oh, we'll have to go back and replay it to remember all these titles. I'm like Madden Zero right now. I have not seen like any of these. Anyone else? Yes. Warning sign. That. Right on. Who was your dad? G.W. Bailey's your dad. Oh. Okay, police chief who is shorter than Tom Selleck is this gentleman's dad. I think Whoa. we talked about this on oh, wow. Facebook. Legend. That's right. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I was noticing that him and um, the security guard for the closer, yeah, and closer, yeah, uh -huh. huh. yeah. I was like, this is he's yeah. Him taking a dive into that horse in Police Academy is one <laughs> of my, the, my, the funniest things I've ever seen. And oh my god, <laughs> just so great. <laughs> Hey, there you go. Yeah. And we got nine, was it eight, nine films out of it, too? Eight films, wow. That's amazing. Mission to Moscow, yeah. Anybody else? Any more fix? Yes. Mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. Not cry for oh. fantasy, okay. Huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Christmas that was coming up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's definitely going to be on our Christmas list because we're all, I'm the only one that provides Christmas. Or you? I, I have like weird Christmas movies. Like, yeah. speaking of Rankin Bass, I love the Jack Frost one where it's like Jack Frost versus like the Russian steampunk army. Yeah. What? Yeah. Have you not seen that? It's insane. It's insane. Oh yeah. my god, I love it. It's just like because it's done in that same style of like Rudolph and like the you know the deer without a Santa Claus, yeah. but it's just Jack Frost and he's just like and just pull, fighting like there's this guy who's like oh we'll fight to with my steampunk and it's like these like clock soldiers and it's just it's it's so I can't even describe it. Huh. Yeah. Like and, and the groundhog is the yeah, like it's, it's like frame story of the groundhog. Start, yeah, yeah. The, it's because so. We could go on a tangent of like the, the narrative, but yeah, no. the The movie starts with the narrative being the groundhog from like you know like Groundhog Day, that groundhog, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I give Jack Frost a few couple weeks because we have a deal," and then he just starts talking, you know, about he's a corrupt groundhog. Kind of, he takes bribes, I guess. Yeah, he doesn't take bribe, but he he has like a scheme where it's like, ah, six more weeks of winter, I can get some sleep, and his like shadow that he sees is actually Jack. Frost. There's a whole weird mythology. That was the original cinematic universe. Was the like Rankin Bass Christmas weird universe? Like, I gotta see that. Yeah, like, yeah. The old, yeah. Like, 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 like the claymation stuff, like from back in the like day? the puppets yeah, and yeah, stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, you know, all that, all those. Yeah. 
Versus like Soviet Russia, what? <laughs> no, it's like like the Cossacks and stuff, like the old timey like imperialist oh. Russian like. And but he builds an army of like mechanical men, but it's like old school, like they're like steampunk like powered, they're like clock or clock powered and stuff. It's weird. It's yeah. good. Yeah. We should do like a but double feature. Then we should do that one and that one. Yes, yeah. yes, oh, yeah, I'm they're down. Short enough. They're short enough. Up. We could definitely do a feature. Yeah, yeah but Mad Monster Party is amazing. I love Mad Monster Party too. So yeah. So where do folks find your podcast? Yeah, so you guys can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google, um, Stitcher, uh, anything like that. We're also on YouTube if you want to watch the video versions of any of our podcasts. Um, if you guys have liked what you've heard, you know, go out uh, and listen, please. Um, we've got a Discord if you want to talk with us more about movies. Um, we've got a Patreon, we've, you know, Instagram, all the stuff. Um, Undercast Company um, is the name that we do. So, yeah, right there, in case you guys forget, it's above you. Um, or above us, I guess. Um, but, yeah, uh, go ahead and give us a listen. Um, thank you once again, everyone, for coming. Uh, thank you, Logan, for having Absolutely. us. Um, I've been Derek, Ariel, and Alan. Thank you. Thanks all for being amazing. Thank you so much, everybody, and I hope you guys had a good time this evening. Have a good night. Good night. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. The uh, the folks from Undercast put a board out in the lobby with some markers. Uh, I think the three questions was movies that were underrated, movies that are underappreciated, and, and movies that slid under the radar. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Buy, so yeah. if you have any recommendations, just feel free to add them on. Yeah. Everyone, thank you so much. Thank have you. a very good night. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Thank, thank you for everybody. coming. Have a good night.